We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Thursday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio this morning. We will... uh Look at Neil's picks. Yes, Neil will celebrate the L.A. Dodgers lifelong fan there over here. Um, Have I told you? the St. Louis Cardinals last night with a walk-off in the ninth inning. You know, Chris Turner is just such an amazing person. I was so happy for him last night um, to get to see him celebrate after all the adversity that he's been through. and uh, just it was, it was special. It really was. It was great. Um Really happy for him. I was I was very sad for the Cardinals. Had a hard time kind of getting over it over the course of the day. But, you know, they gave it a shot. Justin Turner, but, yeah, we'll get his name right since we're celebrating him. Oh, is it Justin Turner? I meant, yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant him, too. He's a great person. Just a little bit of a misspeak since yeah. a lifelong fan. What I mean, well, the I, roster up and down over here. I, I mean, I have cheered for the Dodgers for so long. Yeah. And to see – Last night come to fruition was it was special. So, yeah. Anyway, picks uh, Tom Murphy from the Arkansas Democrat Democrat Gazette joining us here uh, this morning. Talk some hogs and some rebels after we do around around Nils picks after Nils picks whatever we do there, and then uh, also Ben Mintz Barstool Sports joining. Um, so obviously he, he's in Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah, Ben's, in, yeah, yeah. Ben's in Vegas. He's actually we were he was in Henderson, Nevada yesterday. We were okay. talking. Um, He's been competing in the World Series of Poker this yep, week. He was actually leaving after our discussion to go compete more. So normally I would load the MPW Digital pregame show this afternoon, but I'm talking uh, to Pete at around 4 o'clock, so that's not going to be the case. So I'm I'm tempted when we finish with hand-raised guys tonight while I'm just up to just go ahead and knock it out and load it so that people will have it on Friday morning. Otherwise, it's Friday at noon, and you have less than 24 hours to consume it. It's just me trying to help the people. Get it? That's my thought. Okay. Luke says it was Chris Taylor. See? Well, you say Chris Turner. So what was his name? Who hit it? It's Chris Taylor. Well, you said Chris Turner. I meant Chris Taylor. I'm so excited for all of the different Dodgers. It was Chris Taylor. You know, I mean, 
Justin Turner took a lot of heat last year for the whole COVID thingy. Yeah. And it was nice to see him get vindicated. And then his good friend, Chris Taylor, to see him hit that home run after all the things that he and his family have been through over the last year, it was just great to see what an emotional moment. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, everyone knows about just the horror that has been the last year for the Taylor family. and. Great redeeming moment last. Oh, time. it really was. Yeah, his o- old uncle Andy would sure be proud. Um, I'm, I have nothing. Blue Sky Oxford Highway Six West. Remember to uh, go out front, go to the gas station, go inside. I guess nothing better. If you're on the premises, take a selfie, then put it on social media at Oxford Exxon hashtag Blue Sky Rebels. That enters you automatically into a chance to win a. An authentic Ole Miss football helmet. Giving a lot of those away this season. So do that. Again, follow Oxford Exxon. Selfie. Tag it. Hashtag Blue Sky Rebels there at the Oxford Exxon. Lunch special is 569. You're coming in town this weekend. Why don't you download the Speed Pass Plus app? That'll allow you to earn points and save money there with the Oxford Exxon and all Blue Sky locations in Mississippi. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Fords in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product, Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and uh, the rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Guests, including Tom Murphy, including Ben Mintz, they join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Probably a great place this weekend. People starting to roll in. Today, actually, for uh, Arkansas and Ole Miss on Saturday. So you have all day tomorrow. It should be great weather. Uh, maybe you're going to the Grove. Maybe you're not going to the Grove. Whatever the case may be, uh, Ole Miss is at 11, which means that assuming it's not one of those seven overtime games that sometimes happen when these two teams play, uh, be over by three. You'll, oh, be, uh, yeah, you'll, be, you'll be hungry. Head over to Rafters. Enjoy their great beer selection, full bar, burgers, po'boys. Appetizers, the whole deal. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Rafters New Albany. And then uh, Rafters on the Water at Sardis. Yeah, so just wrapping up that Dodgers win 3-1 last night on that uh, on that walk-off. They advanced to face the Giants. And from a straight win standpoint, it's got to be the most anticipated NLDS series. Since yeah, I mean, I think this. all jokes aside, everybody wanted to see the series, and we're going to get it. And it's going to be – it's actually – I'm kind of looking forward to this one just from a baseball standpoint dodgers I mean, giants two teams that both won i mean they've now both won 107 games yeah and somebody's not going to the nlcs it feels like the world series participant is playing in series right now because atlanta or milwaukee would have its hands full um i would think so but sometimes those teams get worn out and then dealing with each other yeah and then you know you sneak up and get them um bobby says in virginia now driving from west virginia to oxford just finished building a stadium seating and a massive jumbotron for a new barstool sports book in west virginia barstool i gotta give them credit they are relentless They're doing stuff now they I are mean. absolutely relentless and i mean that in a positive way yeah every I mean, day something go get it baby <laughs> So, uh, like if I were a younger guy, I'd, yeah. I'd see how I could connect to that. Um, Ben's cashed once, at least twice, in the World Series of poker. I think so. Yeah, yeah. been yeah. all right. Yeah, he he. You'll hear it in a little bit. He, I think he went there with some of his bosses, thinking that uh, the WSOP was going to 
be deemed irrelevant by people, and it's not. People like it. People like watching poker. It's not the worst TV product in the world. I mean, now, look, we're not in the big boom of the Chris Moneymaker days back in, like, 03, 04, whenever that was, and everything really blew up. But, I mean, I, I mean, again, I'm not going to sit there for hours and watch it. But it's it's not the worst thing from a television sport um, at all. So, Yeah. Since they invented the ability to see what cards people have during the hand, obviously. Right. That That's the game changer. Because well, you, you can kind of play along. Yeah, you can do, oh, well, he's – Bluffing. He's doing this. Right, so I was, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start whatever. Because I mean, every, back in two thousand three, everybody thought they were a poker savant after it started getting on ESPN and MoneyMaker won and did the the whole deal. Um, somewhat because the guy's name was MoneyMaker and he won the main event of the World Series of Poker. But anyway, yeah, we'll hear from uh, from Mints here in a little bit. We'll go through uh, the picks. Those are on the front at rebelgrove.com right now. They are uh, they are up and at it. A little bit of news. Um. I guess David was the first one to report. I'm not even sure. Um, Caleb Warren appears to be out this weekend. Um, now, that is not from any official source because Ole Miss will not comment on injuries. However, the tremendous scuttlebutt is that the Ole Miss offensive lineman is has uh, an ankle injury. He, I know that he was on crutches yesterday in class or on campus or whatever it was he was doing yesterday. So the, his availability appears to be um, – Suboptimal, as Rippy would say, for uh, for Saturday against Arkansas. We'll and see I don't, moving forward. I don't know whether I was first to report it or not. I don't have any idea. Uh, Jerry and Ely, with a concussion, was in protocol, concussion protocol, middle of the week. Yeah. Don't know whether he's available. I don't know. So. I would I would guess, and this is, I, I promise, a guess. I would guess that he is not available. But I don't know that. Will that simply be a Parrish Snoop show, or does Bullock potentially get some That's semblance a good of in, in, into that? I don't know. Look, I, I do have some concerns about Ole Miss's ability to run the ball. And as you were saying before we got started, I don't want to take credit for something I didn't say. Caleb Warren's one of their better run blockers. Yeah, he's kind of a road grader in the run game. Now, he's, his struggle has been pass protection at any point, but he's a he's a damn good run blocker. So who steps in for him? I, I don't know. My guess is maybe Jordan Rhodes, who transferred in from South Carolina as a grad transfer. But he's more of a guard, isn't he? Well, Caleb Warren's a guard. Oh, I, was, I don't know. I was th- yeah, that's right. Um, Cedric Melton, maybe. Melton's played more tackle. I'm, I'm, but he's played both. Remember that they, yeah. they they messed with him early in camp, moved him over and moved him back, and they've done some different things. I mean, it's it look, it's a problem because, I mean, I don't have it in front of me. They've only played six offensive linemen to any degree this season. It's the five starters and then Bryce Ramsey, who's mostly been at center. He came in for Ben Brown a little bit too, so I guess he could be the starter. But I mean, this this is this is not this is not ideal for Ole Miss. That was a spot where it's not as bad as losing a tackle. But it ain't good, so. No, it's not good, and, and they've they've struggled guard center guard to produce holes. That's been one of the problems. It's been I mean, an issue. I still think it's one of the key things that happened in that first series that we've talked about ad nauseum against Alabama is their ability to run the ball into the end zone when they get close to the goal line because it's just tighter. The spread formation stuff doesn't work as well in the pass game close to the goal line. I mean that's a that's a fact by this point. So Sure. Can you run it in? Can you do those things? Can you control the line of scrimmage? Like it's a pretty good Arkansas front. So that's a that's Well, it's an Arkansas front that wants to play they want to just play 3. Yeah. Gives them so many options when they can stop the run with 3. Mm-hmm. When they can get past pressure with 3. 
it lets Odom do so many of the things Odom wants to do. Yeah. When they can't, like last week, and you have to kind of get out of your plan, it's it's um it's problematic for them. That's why this is such a fascinating matchup, you know. I mean, everyone's so hung up on what happened last week. And the truth is neither one of these teams can do to the other team what those teams did a week ago. Like, you know, Ole Miss people are doing the whole, well, I mean, Georgia shut down there. Okay, yeah, but you don't have Georgia's defense. And then Arkansas people are like, well, look at what Alabama did. again, And you don't have Alabama's talent. It's a totally different thing. Like People say, oh, Alabama moved the ball at will against Ole Miss. Like, yeah, but you don't have Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. You don't have that aspect of your offense. Yeah, you've got backs that can that are really good. I mean, they have some talented running backs. Um, what's I'm looking for the kid's name? Traylon Smith. They have two Traylons. That's what confuses you. Traylon Smith's a very good back. Uh, Jefferson's a very good runner. Sanders is a is a can be an electric runner. And then they'll bring Johnson in, and he's getting six point eight yards a carry. I mean, they can run the football, but you know, you, if you get them behind the sticks. They're almost hapless. Like you get Ole Miss behind the sticks, and Corral can it save can throw you. you out of it. Yeah, you know they get behind the sticks, and it's just a nightmare. Yeah, because they got behind the sticks against Georgia early, and it was, it was yeah, yeah. It was, ugh, tough yeah. to watch. Yeah, well, because they weren't even kind of trying. It was like these little swing passes on third and eighteen. You're going, oh god, like just getting somebody killed out there. So anyway, yeah, they don't have a. Well, look against Georgia, and I, this might apply to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you get third and eighteen. Yes. My suggestion is run a draw and get Run out a there. draw and punt. Yeah. Number six, Oklahoma, minus three and a half. Number 21, Texas, the Cotton Bowl, Dallas, 11 a.m., ABC. And this probably means Texas is about to win a football game because we're all unanimous. We have Oklahoma winning this game. And I guess we all have them covering. We do. We have, uh, we have Oklahoma covering against Texas anywhere from, I don't know, 40 to 31 to 27 to 23. It's kind of the, the outliers and scores there. So, uh, Sure. I, I I went into it kind of like last week. It, I've been doing this a lot the last couple of weeks, and, I mean, I'm, I'm sucking at games this, this year, so it's not like it's some proven method. I like watching the game with the thing I'm not going to get upset about, and I would like to pull for Oklahoma on Saturday against Texas. I think that they did look a little better against Kansas State. They did. They, their offense seemed more on track, if you will, um, during that game. They look like they figured out some things up front. And Texas defensively can kind of suck at times. Now Texas has gotten better on offense with that quarterback, but yeah. it's it's it, it feels like this this feels like Oklahoma is not respected quite enough that at some point they do put it together and score a lot of points. Makes so hopefully sense. that's uh, yeah. that's on Saturday. We mentioned it, number thirteen Arkansas plus six versus number seventeen Ole Miss, eleven a.m. ESPN. Uh, everybody, let's see Arkansas covering for Jeffrey. Neil and Zach has Ole Miss covering, and I have Arkansas winning outright. Um, the, the the Caleb Warren situation is 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 a big deal to me. I think it's maybe even bigger than than most people are going to. I made my pick, pick pre Warren. Yeah, yeah. You, you could have gone in and changed it. You, I you, could. You, you get the last look. I don't like to do that. I, I think yeah. that gives me a very unfair advantage. Okay. Um. <sighs> I don't really even know why. I just have a weird line of scrimmage feeling about this game. Ole Miss, not even necessarily their lack of or stubbornness or anything. I don't think that's what it was. Their maybe inability to go to a fourth down lineman at times because I don't know who it would be. Like yeah. just a personnel issue maybe. Um, I think this is this is such a fascinating game from both these two teams getting popped last week after playing really well the rest of the season. However, 
We don't really know what either one of them still are. I mean, I was talking to Andrew Hutchinson of the Arkansas Rivals site yesterday, and I said, it's interesting that you get to week five, and I feel like this is the first time we get the true litmus test for both teams, and it's this deep into the season, on exactly what they are. I mean, Arkansas has the big one over Texas. I get some of those things. But at the same time, this feels like a huge swing game moving forward the next three or four weeks. Yeah, for Arkansas, it's kind of an interesting spot, right? It's their it's their third road game in a, in a row. They went to Arlington. I know it goes neutral site, but you still had to travel. Sure. They go to Athens, and now they have to come to Oxford. So you wonder if there's a little road fatigue. I do, at least. Um, they got popped last week. Mm-hmm. I think they expected to get popped. Mm-hmm. I don't think their emotional part is as much of a challenge as it is for Ole Miss. I could be wrong. It's things I think based on things I hear. I think their coaching staff felt like Georgia was essentially an unwinnable game unless Georgia just played an atrocious football game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they knew quickly that it was over. I think they turned the page. I think by the time they got on the bus, it was, it was done. Um, I think for Ole Miss, it was a little more difficult emotionally. I think they felt like they were going to win. They got pretty hyped up all week like they were going to win, and I think it was sobering. And now you've got some injuries. I'm with you. Look, here, here's the thing. Ole Miss has Matt Corral, and Ole Miss has home field. And um, I don't think Arkansas can just line up and do to Ole Miss what it did a year ago. But I'm with you, and Jeffrey and I talked about this yesterday too. I do think there are some line of scrimmage issues that Ole Miss simply must overcome. And for whatever reason, I kind of anticipate that they're going to figure it out I've seen people talking about this being a blowout, and I'm like, man, I, I, I don't, I don't see how, like, I, I don't see how Ole Miss beats Arkansas by 24 plus points. I just, I just don't see that. But I do think Ole Miss pulls away late and wins. But yeah, look, the line of scrimmage is an issue, and if you can't control it a little bit, it's got the makings of a long day, and the whole Jefferson can't throw at all thing. It's just not accurate. His deep ball is actually pretty good. I mean, it's the short and intermediate stuff that he kind of sucks at at times. He's he's fifty four of ninety one, which is not a great completion percentage at all. Nine hundred nine yards, six TDs, two picks. He's a pedestrian quarterback. That does not make him a bad quarterback, but he will hurt you with his feet if that if you allow him to. He's getting six yards a carry. And he's carried forty times. So you throw in the sack yards and stuff that he's endured. And he's having eight, nine that, yards of carry. It tells you what kind of a runner he is. So you have to you have to neutralize the line of scrimmage against Arkansas or else you're in for a long day. Look at Texas A&M. Look at Texas. Right. If you go back and look at those two games, no matter what you think of those teams, Arkansas won the line of scrimmage. Now, Georgia dominated the line of scrimmage. That's Georgia. That's Georgia. So you've got to get somewhere in between those two things. Yeah. Ole Miss can't do to Arkansas what Georgia did to Arkansas. Frankly, nobody other than maybe Alabama can do what, and maybe not, and maybe not even them. But you, you do have to, you have to get them behind the cha- the sticks a little bit. You can't let Arkansas live in second and four, yeah. third and two. They They're just so, going to lean on you all day. They'll lean on you all day, and then you'll do what Texas A and M did, what Texas did, and you start slipping somebody up, and and that's where Burks hurts you because he's such a good receiver. Yeah. Podcast brought to you in part by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. Underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. So you're getting local underwriting and understands your market. 
a leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. We'll have the MPW Digital uh, pregame show up within the next 24 hours or so. It's brought to you by Walk-On Sports Bistro. They put everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads. Quality, fresh ingredients you can't help but crave. Coming soon in November, it's Walk-On Sports Bistro. Uh, 1737B University Avenue. The one in Ridgeland has already opened. It's at 720 Highland Colony Parkway in Ridgeland. Walk-On's Sports Bistro, more than a restaurant. We're also brought to you by Brothrow. It's a social sports betting network. It's free to use. Um, it's a really cool, fun way to bet. No third party, so there's no juice. Over time, that saves you money. You can start your own group, make friends, and invite your friends. Payment happens within 24 hours of the conclusion of your bet. You can take the other side of an existing bet, start a new bet, and more. Sign up today at bet.brothrow.com dot com backslash mpw there was a thread on the board about muddy water camo that's fantastic product i'm not even a hunter and i like the product uh go enter promo code rebel grove at uh, checkout at muddywateroutdoors.com get 35 percent off any products on the site free shipping on orders of 100 or more there's lots of new products there's the new muddy water lady camo apparel that's there as well it's uh, almost time for those Try Trizone heated vest and jackets. So again, go to muddywateroutdoors.com, promo code Rebel Grove for 35% off. Then use the same promo code Rebel Grove at checkout for 25% off your entire order at Dead Soxy. DeadSoxy.com, the best socks you'll ever put on your feet. The no shows are fantastic. And here, as we get uh, into the cooler weather, you want those traditional sh- socks, but you want them to be, um, you know, you want to be fashionable. And they are. They have all sorts of styles, colors. Uh, themes, everything, and you'll never have to bend down and pull your sock up. They stay up. They're fantastic. You'll love them. Again, deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. The Grove opened this weekend. Arkansas headed to town. LSU coming in in two weeks, three games in November. So it's still plenty of time to go to 7southtailgating.com. Get in touch with Kyle Thornton, 662-321-1682. Single-game packages, multi-game packages, uh, unloading assistance, food, beverage, delivery on game day, everything. They provide the equipment, secure the spot. Whatever you need, they can do at 7southtailgating.com. And then speaking of the Grove, you want to make sure that you're uh, ready to roll. You're out Friday night. Maybe you have a little bit. You're going to get up on Saturday. It's an 11 a.m. kick. I highly recommend Game Changer Patch Company. It's the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. Overtime patch is used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game ready for the next play. Go to GameChangerPatch.com, enter the promo code REBELGROVE20, REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 25% off your purchase. Podcast also brought to you by Visit Oxford. Visit OxfordMS.com. Tunes around town returning tomorrow night, 5 to 7 o'clock there on the square. You've got Alice Hansen. And Walt Busby at the Atrium by the Growler. you got Brian and Kelly at North Lamar Pocket Park. That's kind of next to Volta. And then at Spring Street Cigar, Bob Ray. That's 5 to 7 tomorrow. Again, get dessert, get some carryout, and check out some local artists here in the Oxford area downtown. And then Double Acre Bus Tours, 3 and 4 o'clock tomorrow. They're leaving from uh, the Visit Oxford office just off the square. 
I remember an adult ticket gives you $100 off a pair of Blue Delta jeans. So for that and all the events going on, visit OxfordMS.com slash events. South Carolina plus 10 at Tennessee, 11 a.m. ESPN2 on uh, on Saturday. Feels like easy money. Which Unless, makes you think it's a trap. Yeah, there's a couple times this. I, I I tried to fight the trap a couple times this week, mm-hmm. and I'm either going to get completely bitten by it or or whatever. We'll see. But this is not one because I think Tennessee can run on South Carolina. Um, I think they can overwhelm the Gamecocks even athletically. I mean, Tennessee has better athletes than South Carolina. They're the better team. Did you see the uniforms they're wearing? I have not. No, they're wearing black tops. Tennessee. Yep. Okay. With orange letters. Yep. Black pants with orange stripes. A white helmet. Is what white helmet? Their normal helmet. But it's got the black striping on it with the orange. I wanted to hate it, and I caught myself kind of liking it. Really? Yeah. I'll pull it up. I want to see it. In in action? In action. But it's okay? The, the kids, I watched the reveal. They brought one of the players in with the uniform on after practice, and the kids went nuts. I mean. Yeah, and that's what it's all about, right? I mean, you, you want the kids to get jacked up about what they're wearing. Oh, I'm seeing this. Dark mode. I mean. I know I shouldn't like it. It's not anything that I would typically like, and I caught myself kind of going, yeah, it's kind of cool. I know. See? You want to hate it, and you can't. Even the helmet's kind of nice. I know. It's, it's. You want to hate it, and it's hard to hate for whatever reason. Oh, it actually looks good. I know. It looks good. I know. I, I did this. They didn't screw it up, because... It it didn't need to be like the traditional black jersey. It needed to be kind of ops. Like, don't mm-hmm. put white borders and things. Right. No, no, we're going. Yeah, that's good. I know. It's, it's I know. It's, it's good. I, I wanted to hate it because I like to pick on Tennessee, and I, I was like, yeah, they did it the right way, and they did the reveal to the players the right way. Nike did a good job. Yeah, Nike did a nice job. If Tennessee was still with Adidas, they would not have that jersey today. No, there's no doubt. It would look terrible. There's no doubt. Something would be off on that thing. It would have a lot of white and maybe some purple or something. Nike anyway. has improved their uniforms. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um. So, look, Shane Beamer's done a nice job keeping his team together. I mean, those good kids in Columbia covered last week. Mm-hmm. Um, they did. I mean, just skin of teeth figured that thing out. Mm-hmm. I, they've, they've been fine. They've played completely to their talent level so far this season. But at some point, you run into better teams, and this is one of those times. Tip. Jeffrey said it even in a group text this week before he wrote it down this week. We want Tennessee to suck, and they're not good, but they're better than we give them credit for being. They're fine. Yeah, they're 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 yeah. above average. They're I enjoy okay. them sucking. Yeah, it was fun for them to suck, but, but it appears that they're just kind of average. Yeah, Vanderbilt at Florida, thirty nine. The line on this one, eleven a.m. SEC Network. I just have a rule where I don't lay thirty nine points in league games. Well, I'm saying even way. no matter who Too it many. is. It's too many. And Florida is so schizophrenic, I don't know what we're getting. I mean, I think Dan Mullen will try to run it up. I think he will try to cover. I think he'll try to get any type of confidence he can on his team, even though Vanderbilt's on the other side. However, in saying that, I mean, if Vanderbilt scores 14 points. Right. Even 10. It makes this really complicated. Because if they get 10, you've got to get to 50. Yeah. And I don't know that Mullen's not going to start thinking, hey, we've got LSU next week. A real winnable game. Yeah. A game that before the season you were like, hey, it's a toss-up. And now you're like, I don't know. Let's go get this one. Like Florida's next part of their schedule, LSU open date, Georgia. Come on. 
got to turn the page from Vanderbilt if you're up 31 points in the third quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so congratulations to Vanderbilt on beating UConn last week, but that's where this thing is between the, uh, the Gators and the Doors. Number two, Georgia, minus 14 at number 18, Auburn, 230, CBS on the Plains at Jordan-Hare. We just take Georgia to cover games. Yes. That's, that's, not, that, that's not personal against Auburn at all. I mean, and there's no all. greater insight. I just take nope. Georgia to cover. Yep. No, Auburn but, played. Auburn played really well the other night. And Bo, Bo Nix had a cool game. He was great. Yeah. But, K- kudos no. to him. I'm with. I'm with you. Like, here's your gold star. But buckle up. But it's. I know what I saw last week. <laughs> I mean, they made Arkansas. If you had just watched that game, and that's the only game you saw, and someone said, "So what do you think?" You'd be like, "So Arkansas's like really bad, huh?" Chad Moore's still there. Yeah. <laughs> Was that what was Chad Morris trying to run? I just I don't I don't know I don't I don't know that I don't know that anyone can beat them, and I don't I'm I'm almost positive that no one not named Alabama can beat them. Like I said, they're a python. They're so fast. They're a fast python with (laughs) fangs. Like a python black racer mix. They're like yeah, with some cobra in it. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Georgia, whatever. I mean, I, I have Auburn scoring 16 points, and that might be too many. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I do think some people will score on Georgia a little bit, but I, I'd hate to give them too many. Like, Zach got them all the way up to 20, and I went, I don't know. That's going yeah. to be a tall ask. Yeah, that's a lot. To, to get to 20 in this thing. Auburn is balanced. They can run it. They can. But, boy. North Texas plus 20 and a half at Mizzou, 3 p.m. SEC Network. I think this is one you got right. I think you're going to gain a game here. But my problem is that I actually watched some of Mizzou last week. Uh huh. And when you say their run defense is bad, that's their run defense is so bad that it makes some of Wesley McGriff's run defenses look competent. Missouri has allowed 348 rushing yards per game over its last four, including 294 on the ground to Southeast Missouri State. Yeah. Um, as I said in my thing, DeAndre Tony is the running back at North Texas. He actually put up like 119 against La Tech last week. Yeah. Pick him up in some fantasy this yeah. week. He's, he's going to have a day. I've, I'm told that he arrived in Columbia on Tuesday. Yeah. Just get ready. Get, he's been get, he's get, been get. dressed in his uniform since Wednesday morning. <laughs> now look, the Mean Greens suck. They're yeah, bad. I understand. Um, um, SMU blew them out. Yeah, they got beat by La Tech. But SMU would blow out Missouri. Probably true. And I think Louisiana Tech would beat Missouri. Yeah, defensively, North Texas is awful. They don't cover the pass. So my right. my, my I think Connor's going to have a big day, and we're going to going to push the ball down the field and Elias is going to get a little healthy and outscore them a lot to a lot but still cover the game as my I mean yep. if you told me it's even 55 31 or something I would I would probably buy it Rake Straw tore his ACL for he? Mizzou he's out yeah yeah so we'll see but I have Mizzou covering um Zach has North Texas covering Jeffrey has North Texas covering and you have North Texas covering so, yeah, I just I, I'm the only one. I there. just well, just I just can't. I mean, I I'm not sure North Texas can't score thirty something points. Number four, Penn State. Number three, Iowa. Plus three, the Nittany Lions are getting on the road there in Iowa City. It's a three p.m. game on Fox. Mm-hmm. Neil being a homer, picking the Hawkeyes twenty eight twenty four. Um, I've got Penn State winning. Jeffrey has Penn State winning. Uh, Zach has Penn State covering. Iowa winning. Which well, y'all are for whatever reason all haters. This game's at home in God's country. It, 
if I say I've probably missed one, this feels like the one I'm most likely to miss, frankly. I, Iowa, at times, look, they are not explosive offensively, but they can move it a little bit. It's not oh, no, It's not plotting along. Ask Maryland um, about it. Okay, okay, well. Now, if that's your reasoning for picking them, <laughs> we have a problem, but sure. Um, Be a good game. It's a shame that we look at this game and go, it doesn't matter. Look, it would be a huge, be huge for the Iowa program, and they would take it right now if offered. But if they kind of keep this up and stay hot, I would the, just the way the matchup is, I would feel really badly for them having to play Georgia in a first game in the playoff. Awful. They would just be suffocating. I mean, just yeah. just clinched down and unable to do. It anything. might look like the Arkansas game. Yeah, where they just they're not explosive enough to hit anything, right. and you're just stuck, and you're not going to out physical Georgia at the line of scrimmage, and it's just a it's a problem. Um, I'm I'm pumped for the game. It sounds fun. It's gonna be fun. Oh, this was imagine how big this game would be if Georgia and Alabama were just sort of mortal good teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, this would have real ramifications. We would be diving into it instead. It's like ah, this is for the right to get mauled in a semifinal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is one where I, I'm I'm probably being stupid. LSU plus three and a half at number sixteen Kentucky six thirty SEC Network. I know Kentucky enough that getting up back to back weeks. Not having a little bit of a letdown, they get really pedestrian on offense at times. That bothers they me. They do. Um, I just think LSU wins this football game. It's just a feeling, but I think we have a chaotic college football season, and this adds to it. Look, I've not thought the whole time that LSU was going to go on some just complete lose out for six weeks thing, and I think if that's the case, this is one they they find a way to get in Lexington. It could happen. I just don't see it. I think LSU. Yeah. I think LSU is in the in the midst of an implosion. I'm the only one picking LSU at all. Um, everybody has Kentucky covering this fairly comfortably. If you'd like to read an essay about Texas A&M football, it's in the uh, the caption of Neil's picks <laughs> under the picture of the two uh, A&M people there in the stands. Yeah. And they're matching 12 jerseys. Um, Hers looks better than his does. It is a nicer jersey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I haven't read the whole thing, but yes. Uh, Alabama minus 17 and a half A&M CBS lay them I mean just just sure. lay them put them down they can't score no and, and Alabama will take offense to this being on CBS at 7 o'clock hang on what Alabama will be offended that this is being considered a primetime game because A&M's not good enough to make yeah, it a primetime yeah because A&M game. doesn't belong there and they'll show them that's what Nick's gonna find this week no doubt People targeted this in the summer, and they said this was the game that you guys would lose. The game of the year. This game is of the it. year. So let's let's go. Let's go show people just how bad college football is right now. Here we go. Let's go. Why is the college football world just now spreading a bunch of Yale leader videos? We've known about this for a long time. This is not some new occurrence that what Midnight Yale and all this stuff looks like. Why has it gained so much traction over the last five days? I think people are finally starting to look at it and go, "Oh my god!" Well, duh. But I mean that guy. They've been in the league for ten years. Yeah, I know, but I, I think they have a reputation for being really nice. Okay. And so I think people go, oh, you know, those nice. And then you listen to it, and you're like, wait. People came to the stadium (laughs) at midnight on a Friday night to listen to that. Yeah. I mean, I've got college kids. There's. There's not a chance in hell. And they do it week after week. 
Is it a requirement? Do you have to you go? class credit for it or something? I mean, I, I, I do wonder, like, are you volunteering to spend your Friday midnight doing that? It's like they leave the bars and go. I mean, the yell leader guy looks like he's never had anything more than whole milk. Not that there's anything wrong with yeah, whole sure. milk. And they're back in the back with their arms around each other, and it's just... The hand signals are all over the internet. You can find those and see what they mean if you'd like. I did ask which one is the hand signal for, okay, go ahead and drink the Kool-Aid now. You'll fall asleep peacefully. It's it's a golf meme to always go, this is such a normal sport, being joking because it's not a normal sport at all. It's a sarcastic thing. That would be the epitome of like bringing the aliens down and going, this is the most popular thing in America. (laughs) Hold on. What? What? What what is this? (laughs) I mean... I mean, you keep expecting, like, Kim Jong-un to walk in and go, thank you, my servant. There's no other explanation. Like, if this happened in North Korea, you'd be like, bless their hearts, they have no choice. If they don't do it, they get shot. This is Texas. Bad look. (laughs) It's making you almost appreciate the University of Texas a little more. It has actually. Yeah. It's made me more. Long Yo, okay, guys. I get yeah, it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like when, when, <laughs> when, when Texas moves into the league and they play A and M, I'm going to be Team Texas. There's really? no. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Because the A and M thing is just creepy. All right. Podcast brought to you in part by Northeast Spark NESPRC. <laughs> the Ignite 100 Mbps or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio, your hometown team, bringing you world class broadband. NESpark.com, 662-238-3159, phone service, parental controls, network security, a wireless mesh extender that you probably don't even need. But you can call the office for details and find out more for the best internet around. Again, at 662-238-3159. We're also brought to you by Clay McNutt, ACS in uh, Baldwin, Mississippi, Automation Control Systems, LLC, Complete Electrical Control System Solution Provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. ACS has a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. They can custom tailor software packages, custom design electrical control panel solutions, and much more. To learn more about ACS, go to acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate based out of Jackson, Mississippi, services the entire state in all commercial asset classes such as retail, Office, industrial, and land. Sam Cox and B.B. Mitchell are Ole Miss graduates. They utilize their unique skill sets to execute on assignments and increase value for their clients. This week's property spotlight is on the village at Madison. It will feature roughly 60,000 square feet of uh, restaurant, retail, medical, and professional office space, along with roughly 75 lot line residences with Pinpoint handling the leasing for the commercial portion of the development. It's located on the corner of Madison Parkway and Main Street in Madison. Cobblestone streets, iron railings, gas lighting will serve as signature elements for the development. To learn more, give Sam or BB a call, 601-586-3220. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they're uniquely made for you and only you. Broad denim jeans, custom fit, hand-tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi. One size fits one at bluedeltajeans.com. Go to their uh, web website. Go to the virtual tailor, and you can be measured and designed your newest jeans in just a couple minutes. And Blue Delta will make sure that you're looking good for the first kick of the football season in September. 
promo code REBELGROVE uh, checkout. Uh, we're also brought to you by Layman's Fine Jewelry in Oxford. Layman's at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. has been serving the Oxford area for 73 years, from engagement rings to wedding rings to uh, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. Layman's is the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at Layman'sFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. We'll have hand-raised guys tonight. That's brought to you by uh, Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer at 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area at 662-429-4429. Podcast is brought to you by Nick's Tan and Associates. That's nickstanoxford.com, 662-281-1200. O'Keefe Graham, Clay DeWeese, and their team of associates will help you on the buy side or the sell side here in the Oxford area. So uh, use them for all your real estate needs. Again, they sponsor my 321 football content item and more. You can click the link in the signature on the message board of mine or from that content item. So, again, that's nickstanoxford.com. Go to the website, see all the different ways that they can help you register on the site and tell Rumble Grove sent you, 662-281-1200. Now we'll go to uh, the Rafters Music and Food Hotline, and we'll uh, we'll start with Ben Mintz from Barstool Sports. Is that okay, Neil? Sure. Minor? Okay. Ben's, ben Mintz, Barstool Sports, coming up here on the Oxford Exxon Podcast and the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Ben Mintz, back with us from Barstool Sports uh, in Las Vegas today, as he finds us. He's been at the uh, World Series of Poker, still out there. This week, Ben, uh, good to talk to you. How you been? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, honestly, Neil, last weekend, when sometimes they say, you know, whenever nothing can go right, that was last weekend, just across the board. I, I got smoked and gambling. We all saw what happened in that first half in Tuscaloosa. I'm a big Saints fan. They blew a 21-10 lead in the fourth. Uh, it was just one of those weeks where I, I was glad to – I was glad to just say the hell with it on Sunday night and fly to Vegas. Uh, you know, I got to fly to Vegas Sunday and just get a fresh start this week because uh, I've been having a great football season. Obviously, Ole Miss have been doing well. Saints have been doing well. I'd won money gambling every weekend until last weekend, and then I just oof. But, you know, new week ahead, and uh, that's part of the deal. Let's dive right into this one because there's not a lot to say about Ole Miss Alabama. There's not a lot to say about Georgia Arkansas and the two uh, teams that kind of took it on the chin uh, last week they face off on Saturday in Oxford. It's an 11 a.m. game, obviously, and um, Ole Miss is about a six, six and a half point favorite, maybe even up to seven, depending on on you know where you're looking. What are your thoughts on this one? Where, kind of where do you start? Well, okay, so first of all, you look at what happened to Arkansas and Ole Miss last week. I know people are just going to roll their eyes when I say this because there's no moral victories in sports. But Ole Miss showed a hell of a lot more in the second half, scoring 21 points than Arkansas did. I mean, I know that that doesn't – you know, you still got blown out and people are going to roll their eyes. But it's a lot different losing 37-0 than 42-21. I think I was proud of the Rebel effort in the second half, even if it was uh, in defeat. This Arkansas Ole Miss – I mean, I'm still battle-scarred like all Ole Miss fans with this series. This series is so crazy. It was fall of my freshman year in 2001 was a seven-overtime game. And then I was back in the stands on the 50-yard line in 2015 when Hunter Henry threw the ball behind his head that cost Ole Miss really a great shot at an SEC championship. And so I I feel like I'm scarred for life from those two two games. This series is always just kind of like insane. And bonkers, Ole Miss has struggled in Fayetteville really, really bad. And I, in Oxford, they can win. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I think Ole Miss is, is the better team. 
Uh, I think Ole Miss has a lot more firepower. I know it's weird to say. I think Ole Miss, Ole Miss's run defense certainly didn't look great last week, but I don't think it's as horrible as people think either. I mean, I know last week they were getting five, seven a clip, but they weren't busting super long ones. But you know Arkansas is going to come in. They're going to be physical at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And I'm hesitant to lay six just because I know how wild this series is and how crazy these games are. And also, I don't love the 11 a.m. kickoff. Students, uh, I'm challenging all y'all if y'all see this and uh, watch this. And I've been getting great feedback on the segment. Uh, y'all get up, get your asses out to the Grove at 8 a.m. Whatever's going on Friday night ain't, ain't as important as this football game when you look at how big this one is for Ole Miss. And uh, we, we, as Ole Miss fans, we need y'all loud in the stands, just raising hell for the whole four quarters of this one. Because, you know, when you look at the big picture Ole Miss, like, yeah, last week was disappointing. We're all disappointed. Lane Kiffin's only in his second year here. And he came – he inherited a program that had two years NCAA sanctions. This looked like a pretty – you know, not a complete rebuild because there was talent on the roster, but, you know, Ole Miss didn't expect to be top 15 in the early part of year two. Yeah, we got our butts kicked at Alabama. So do a lot of people. This season still has so much left. You went eight, nine games, and this game at home is must win and so key. And so I really hope everybody's out there raising hell on Saturday. You know, it's interesting because it's, uh, it is going to be interesting to see which coaching staff was able to sort of flush it, right? I mean, you know, if you're if you're Ole Miss, you're you're bitterly disappointed because I think I, I I truly believe they walked into that stadium on Saturday believing they had a, a legitimate shot to win, and I, I think they thought they were going to win. Here's what's interesting to me is I don't believe that Arkansas walked into Athens feeling that way. I think Arkansas went in there kind of knowing, hey, we're playing with a little Vegas term here, a little house money, but we're probably mm-hmm. we're probably going to get smoked. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and they pulled their starters late third quarter. They kind of moved on with life a little bit. I'm curious to see, because I agree with you. I think Ole Miss is the better team. Um, I, I think Ole Miss can do more things offensively than Arkansas can. I think ultimately that's the difference. But I am really interested in just kind of the mentality a little bit because I don't, I don't think Arkansas is going to have a bad hangover because I think they just sort of accepted it quicker. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried about whether Ole Miss can kind of, as you mentioned, it's an early, early kick time. You wake up, you go play. Can you put that behind you and move on, you know, quickly? Because otherwise, it is a stylistically, it is the kind of game that if it starts off as a, as a, a slugfest a little bit where they're just kind of punching each other, that's Arkansas's game, you know. I mean, Ole Miss's game in this, Ole Miss's path to an easy win here is jump on Arkansas quickly, get them out of that running game, get mm-hmm. them doing things that they're not good at, that they're not comfortable doing. Ole Miss's path to, oh, God, this thing is, is, is nerve-wracking, is the opposite of that. It's getting off to a slow start and Arkansas controlling some clock and uh, you know uh, moving the chains, getting a field goal here, a touchdown here, keeping it a 10-7 to kind of game. That's why I want to get your thoughts on the kind of the over-under here. People are looking at like 66 or something and – a lot of people love the over, and I'm not sure. I don't – honestly, I think Ole Miss – I know everybody loves taking Ole Miss overs so much because of, you know, how could you not? You look at Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral and high-flying offense, but they're inflated because of last year when Ole Miss couldn't stop anybody and had the 127th-ranked defense. These totals – I mean, you saw last week, 79 and a half. These Ole Miss totals are, are inflated because of last year, and this defense actually is a lot better – so, I don't know. I'm a little hesitant on that. 
But the real thing that fascinates me in this matchup is last year Barry Odom's defense confused Matt Krause so much. We saw it. I mean, six turnovers. And I want to see what Jeff Webby and Kiffin and Corral do as adjustments to that scheme that, that Odom threw at him last year. Because last year, we all know what happened out there. That was his worst game of the year, worst, one, one of the worst games of his career. So I'm really curious to see, you know, how will Odom adjust? What kind of scheme Arkansas runs? Will they run the same thing? How does Ole Miss – and the, the coordinator chess match is, is fascinating to me in this game. I, re I really want to see what Ole Miss's offensive line can do with Trey Williams and that defensive line at Arkansas. Mm. It's not as good as the one at Alabama. I mean, he stretched the imagination, but Williams is good, and, and he can create problems. And last week in Tuscaloosa, Corral simply had no time to throw the football, and there is no Elijah Moore right now. There's, no, there's nobody that's stepping in and filling that spot, you know, the, the guy that everybody on the defense is completely panicked about. Where's, where is eight? You know, where's, where's eight? He's always oh, there. He's there's none of that. I mean, there's a little bit of that for, with Dontario Drummond, but it's not like Elijah where he's such a game breaker. So, you know, they, they do have to protect Corral this year a little bit better than perhaps they did a year ago so that some things can, can work in that offense. And it, none of that happened on Saturday. To me, that's, that's the biggest concern from Tuscaloosa was just how poorly the offensive line played. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, uh, you know, they, they missed Royce Freeman. Or they, I mean – Royce Newman, sure. Yeah, Royce Newman. I'm sorry I said that because I'm friends with – I know him. But uh, they miss him. He's doing really well in Green, Green Bay. And uh, he's doing – he stepped up really well for Aaron Rodgers. He's starting. He's doing well. I miss Royce Newman real bad. And uh, I feel – I don't know. The, the front line guys are pretty solid, but the depth is still a question. You're right. They're going to get challenged this week big time by Arkansas. And, you know, Arkansas is always tough with the line of scrimmage, both sides of the ball. I don't think this team's any different. And the thing about Arkansas, I know Sam Pittman is getting a lot of credit. You know, if we learn anything, like look at LSU right now, Coach O. Pittman's in a similar spot in that, you know, he, he's kind of the leader, but he's not really an offensive or defensive guy. He's an O-line coach, he's the head coach. He's as good as his coordinators, and he's got unreal coordinators, Kendall Bryles and Odo. Maybe one of the best combos in the country. And so you know Arkansas is extremely well coached. This – I like what you said – uh, and that Ole Miss needs to jump out early here because if this is a sluggish start and this is uneasy into the third quarter, that's not good because we've seen how the series goes. So I hope Ole Miss flushes last week. I hope the stands are packed at 11 a.m. because historically these 11 a.m. home game at home field advantage, and that's not just an Ole Miss thing. It's just not – it's not great for everybody. Um, so I think, like you said, the first – just establishing the tempo and early. If Ole Miss can jump them early, though, uh, get Arkansas off track, they should be fine. But this is a tough one. I'm, I'm uneasy about it. Um, I'm curveball here a little bit. I, I wrote in my column on Saturday after the game that I thought Corral's Heisman hopes were basically dead after that. Um, that first half hurts. Not him. I thought, actually, the more you went back and watched it, I thought Matt played great. He just didn't have any help at all from, from anyone – other than Henry Parrish a little bit, you're closer to this from an odds maker standpoint and that kind of thing. How much was Corral's Heisman hopes damaged on Saturday in Tuscaloosa? I mean, they were hurt a lot, but they're nowhere near over really because nobody else has seized it. You know, right now you look around the country, you know, the preseason guys, I mean, Spencer Rattler is dead. DJ Uongalele is like six feet under. Yeah. You know, Sam Howell in North Carolina has lost two games already. So a lot of the big favorites, and, you know, you look at, like, Alabama, I know Bryce Young's one of the favorites, but, I mean, Bama was balanced. You know, their defense held Ole Miss under 300. Brian Robinson ran for 170 yards and four touchdowns. 
Yeah, Bryce Young played good. He was 20 at 26 for 200 and something yards, but it wasn't like he had like this big Heisman performance. Here's so what's I- interesting though, Ben, is that is that uh, Young is, is going to get lots of opportunities on the big stage. So the, the, the challenge for Ole Miss, I mean, and, and really for Matt, it's not fair to Matt, but Ole Miss has to win Saturday to get back in position to play some stage games, if you will. Like, if, you know, whoever loses this game, whether it's Ole Miss or, or Arkansas, they sort of exit stage right for a little while in terms of the polls and the publicity and that kind of thing. You know, an Ole Miss win, you go to Tennessee, if you win that, I mean, I think going into the season, everybody said, hey, five and one at the turn, getting ready for LSU, that's, that's the goal. That's why this one's so big. And, um, you know, it's, it's baffling that they played as poorly as they did in the first half, especially against Alabama, and really the first two and a half quarters. It was 35 to seven. And then from that point, Ole Miss kind of controlled the game. But I, I hesitate to make much out of stuff like that. It's 35 to seven. Alabama knows that. Oh, I know. I know. But I just, I, I just, well, I guess part of it was Dave Portnoy bet, bet Ole Miss huge on the live line at 22 and a half. And so that backdoor cover. You know, it may not mean much to many, but it does to me because sure. <laughs> what my day to day it works like. Uh, so, so uh, that that I wasn't upset about that, but no, I know what you mean. I'm I'm just I probably I mean I'm more guilty than most as looking at the glasses half full, and I'm kind of on the annoyingly positive side sometimes. Well, it's so. probably a good way to be. I'm probably, no, I think it's a good life I look. I'm 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 sometimes on the other side of that. I look at it and go, I don't know, I'm pretty negative, and sometimes that drives me crazy. Drives other people crazy for sure. I, I, I want to jump around a little because LSU plays Kentucky. It's a big opportunity for Kentucky, et cetera, et cetera. But the story that's becoming obvious is that Ed Orgeron's days are numbered. He's 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 not going to get past this season. And and yeah. how, how far he gets into this season, I don't know. Normally we talk to you about lines and that kind of thing. So I'll get your thoughts on the line in a minute, LSU plus three and a half at Kentucky. But the bigger story is where do you see LSU going after this season? What are you hearing from people down there? Well, I'm hearing there's a lot. Of the, my, my sources down there are saying there's a lot more smoke on O right now than people even realize. And you mentioned him not getting through the season. I think that's way more of a possibility than people realize. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I think a lot of it – you know, everybody's seeing the on-the-field stuff. There's a lot behind the, the scenes. You know, they had the sexual assault stuff out against them. You know, I've, I feel like O's kind of – you know, he's had some stuff too. And so I, I think that not just is it on the field, there's other stuff going on. And, look, the thing with Coach O uh, is, I mean, he he's a defensive line coach. He's a head coach. He's only as good as his coordinators. And when he inherited Dave Aranda, who's doing an awesome job at Baylor's head coach, is one of the best, and he hit lightning on Joe Brady. Every other coordinator hire he's made, Matt Canada, Scott Linehan, now you got Jake Peets, Bo Pelini was a disaster. You know, Jerry's out on Durante Jones. You know, they do – the defense is playing a little better. But he's made – you know, he's basically made like seven coordinator hires and he's hit once, you know. And that's the thing. He's playing musical chairs with the coordinator thing. And, you know, yeah, when he's got Joe Brady, he was one of the best OCs in the NFL now, and he's got Dave Aranda – of course, they're really good because he still recruits and there's a ton of talent. But, you know, that's a that's a dicey thing to have to rely on on hitting all your coordinator hires year after year. And so – and the other thing is Scott Woodward, their AD now, hired Jimbo at A&M. And Woodward's been there for a couple of years, but he didn't hire Coach O. And Woodward's got a ton of power down there. LSU had to give him heaps to get him away from A&M. The only reason they got him is because he's a Baton Rouge guy and an LSU guy. So, I think change is a coming. I think it's coming quick. Uh, it, it's going to be very interesting. 
One name I've heard a lot about behind the scenes is that, you know, Billy Napier turned out Auburn. He turned out Mississippi State. He turned out South Carolina. He's at Lafayette. You know, he's an old Saban assistant. There's some there's some people down there, some power guys down there that want him at LSU. I know LSU fans kind of roll their eyes at that, thinking, you know, we're such a big job. Why are we hiring the UL, UL Lafayette coach? But he's somebody I'd keep an eye on because I couldn't believe he turned down those SEC jobs. And so maybe it makes sense if he gets this one. Yeah, I hear his name. I hear Bill O'Brien's name. I, I even hear Jimbo's name, although that would be really complicated at this point with the whole Texas A&M thing. And I don't know that Jim, Jimbo's positioning himself to not be anywhere near as hot of a commodity if he wanted to be. That Texas A&M thing's kind of falling apart. Uh, does Kentucky beat LSU Saturday? Man, I think it's going to be a close, like, you know, Florida-Kentucky was similar to this. I think this is like a 2017, 23-20 you know, I, I don't know. I hadn't looked at the over-under yet, but I, I don't see this being that high scoring. Look, you can't take LSU right now, and I had them against Auburn and got burned. Their offensive line, I mean, it sucks. I mean, it's one of the worst. They ran the ball. They're up 19-10 in the third against Auburn. All they need to do is get a couple first downs. They go three and out, three possessions in a row, and they ran the ball for 26 yards in the game. Yeah. They are, I believe they're bottom three or four in the country in rushing. You know, I tell people this, Ben, we, we do this deal with LSU, and, and, and I know where it comes from. It's recruiting rankings, and I work for Rivals, and Rivals is as guilty as anybody about it. And I, I don't want to hang myself here, but I've, I'm starting to think I know sometimes what happens a little bit, and it's human nature, and I get it. But they're a decidedly average team, and, yeah, they have some real talent. Derek Stingley, but he's out. Yeah, um, you Butte, know, Butte's unreal. Butte's a stud. He's a stud. Butte and and uh, Burks at Arkansas are are game changing wide receivers. There's no question about that. And Butte, I think, is the best of the group. He's phenomenal. But they don't. They're not dominant up front on either side of the ball. They don't do what Georgia does to you. What Alabama can do to you. Uh, they they don't they don't possess those sorts of athletes, and they usually do. LSU does, and they don't now. And Frankly, it's a reflection on Ed. I mean, it's it's where his it's his program, and it's where it is. And I don't know that you can consistently get kids to want to play. You know that in, in that environment, I, I'm like you. I hear a lot of Title IX stuff still behind the scenes, and and there's just a lot there. And I think it's I think it's chaotic in the background. Um, I really hope – I hate to even say this on an Ole Miss show, but there's a lot of people who want Kiffin down there too. And I don't I don't even want to even think about that. But I feel like if they're really worried about the – you know, I don't know. I feel like they may if, – if, oh, it depends on how bad this off-field stuff is. But, you know, I don't know. I, I, would, I would obviously – that's the last thing I even want to think about right yeah, now. Yeah, I had someone down there tell me the two names that he hears the most are O'Brien and, and Kiffin. But, you know, like he said at the time, and this was last week, it's September. It's early. It's really early. And, you know, I think the Giffen thing, too, I want to say has a lot to, I don't know. They're keeping this Arch Manning thing so close to the vest. It's hard to read anything. But I feel like Kiffin's old Miss tenure, like if Arch is coming, hopefully, knock on wood, I feel like Kiffin will stay for that, would be my, my instincts. Yeah. I, we could do a whole segment on. Yeah. That. Anyway, we we yeah, regardless, I shouldn't have gone down this road. Uh, we, we we could do that. I, I think the problem is that Lane Kiffin's not going to know one way or the other. Look, I, as of this moment, I don't think Lane Kiffin's a serious candidate at LSU. Let me say that. I I, I think there's some interest down there. There's some booster interest. Uh, I, I think that, mm. that there, there's some concern too, and 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 all that. So I I don't. Yeah. I don't think that. But you know the. 
the problem that any coach would have in regards to that is that you're not going to know in November when you December when you have to make this decision. You're not going to know where Arch Manning's going to school because um, he's 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 going to keep his cards close to his to the vest until March or April or whenever he makes a decision. Um, where else did I want to go? I, w- I wanted to get your thoughts on on. You put any? Are you are you putting any stock into the way Tennessee's playing, or is this Tennessee just benefiting from some spots on the schedule? I feel like the the offense is Heupel's doing a good job. I mean, they're they're moving the ball better than I thought. I, I was shy. I mean, that was a great. That was the best performance from Tennessee football in years in Columbia. Um, so you know, I I, I don't know. Now, Missouri's a hard team to read. They're really flaky week to week. But that still was a strong showing. I mean, they came out and scored like forty two points the first half or something. I mean, it was pretty. Pretty impressive. Uh, so uh, they've improved, and you know, Hypel. The thing about Hypel, at least they have an exciting program. Like uh, he's an offensive guy. You know, fans enjoy that. You know, when you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna be mediocre, don't do it with Pruitt and or Will Muschamp and try to win 17-13 because it bores fans to death. You know, if you're you if you play that style, you better win. And uh, I don't know though. I still am not willing to say they're like good or anything, but I am surprised. I mean, they're not as horrible as I expected. Any chance Auburn stays within the number with, with Georgia? It's 14 and a half. There's always a chance, yeah. I mean, especially at Auburn. I mean, this is – Auburn's got – I say this all the time. I mean, I've been to – I haven't been to every SEC stadium, but I've been to most of them. I think Auburn's the most underrated of all of them. I really do. I think it gets – they have a rowdy, underrated fan base. It gets loud in there. And I could see this game, Auburn's defense keeping them in it. I don't know if they can win it or anything, but – I feel like this could end up being like a low-scoring slugfest 24-13 type game, 24-14, where Auburn's defense plays real, real hard and keeps them in it. I mean, yeah, I would lean Auburn in the points. I think – I don't know if they can win. I, Bo Nix uh, looked like Johnny Manziel running around in Death Valley last week. That was a wild performance. But uh, he's going to make, he's gonna have to pull some serious stuff off to have a chance in this one. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I'd lean Auburn in the points here. I really would. I think everybody – you know, it's one of those things. How can you go against Georgia after how good they look last week? But all right, one big national game, and I'll just let you. I'll, I'll hand the floor to you on some games that you might like, college and pro. But uh, Penn State and Iowa, the big Big Ten showdown in, in Iowa City. Uh, Penn State's a three-point dog. Three o'clock game is going to be crazy in in, um, in in Iowa. They've they've really played well of late. So is Penn State. You got any thoughts here? Man, slugfest, close game. You know, these Big Ten games go. I mean, somebody's going to win it 20 to 17 or 17 14. I mean, there's no way I'd bet over, even though the total isn't high. Both defenses look great. Uh, Iowa, Iowa, I thought Iowa was going to get beat at Maryland last week and then won by 50. So, I mean, I, look, I couldn't have been more wrong. I couldn't have been more wrong about that one. I'll say this. I'd lean Iowa here. It's hard to win up at Kinnick Stadium, man. That is a tough home field. It seems like offenses just go there to die. And they do that year after year. So, I mean, I'd lean the home team uh, in this one. Also, Pitt State is playing well, but Clifford, quarterback, I mean, he can move a little bit, but he's not a very good passer. I've seen him play a lot, and I'm not really that impressed. So, Matt uh, Iowa's secondary is, is sneaky good, man. Oh, what they did to Tua's little brother. I mean, I, Maryland has a strong, strong passing game, and they confused him. And I mean, all the turnovers, I was very, very impressive last week. Uh, so, I mean, I think I'd lean, I'd lean Iowa here. Uh, to be transparent on it, I mean, I've glanced at the games, but I'm out here in Vegas doing this World Series of Poker stuff so heavy right now. I hadn't quite – like, I've glanced at it, but I hadn't really – we're taping this Wednesday early afternoon. I hadn't uh, – yeah. not all the way there yet. But we'll leave it there then. Uh, how's how's the gambling going? How's the – Man, it's going great. Uh, honestly, I, I'm getting a ton – so we've got a really funny dynamic going here. Dave Portnoy – 
uh, went nuts on the Portnoy show this week about Nate, Marcel Nate, who I do the Crack and Aces poker podcast with. And he said he only let us go to Vegas this year to prove that WSOP isn't relevant. Well, it is relevant, and he's wrong. And this is – you know what else he said wasn't relevant three months ago? College baseball when I started all that. He laughed at me and said, I'm glad eight people care about this when I came down there for LSU Ole Miss and went to Ole Miss State and Starkville. I mean, he laughed in my face about that on the rundown. And we proved him wrong once, and we're going to have to do it again, you know? And uh, so we've got a funny dynamic going here. But, I mean, I played three World Series events in cash twice, and I, I thought – you know, I told you last week on here that I was going in with low expectations, trying to knock rust off my game, but my game's sharp. It's like the riding the bike thing. I'm back in here. I'm feeling good. Uh, I ca- you know, I've, I cashed for thirteen hundred on Monday and like two grand yesterday, in a thousand dollar event. Uh, tomorrow on Thursday, I'm playing a fifteen hundred dollar uh, event, and I'm playing a huge fifteen hundred this weekend. They're letting me stay out here till early next week. And I mean, I'm going, I'm getting a lot of support on my social media. I'm doing videos and interviews. I don't know. I'm just firing the kitchen sink at this thing, but people are feeling it. And uh, it's all about catching fire on social media with Barstool. And uh, it's, it's, you know, I'm rocking the old Miss cap every day at the table, obviously. And I feel great about it. And the main event's not till November 5th. I'm going to take a second trip back, but you know, overall, I, I couldn't really feel better a few days in, but you know, obviously, asking Ole Miss fans, if you like poker, please support this because Dave's all over us on this. Uh, Cracking Aces, the podcast, and just like all my blogs and stuff. Hey, man, as always, appreciate you giving us some of your time. Good luck the rest of the stay out there in Vegas. And we'll talk to you next week about Ole Miss, Tennessee, and, and whatever else is yeah, on. Yeah, by the way, I'm not sure on that. So there are rumors that the college football Barstool show is going to be in Knoxville next week. Oh, how about that? Tennessee. They haven't told me if I would be going or not yet. So, I don't know. I feel like – I mean, I hope I would with it being Ole Miss, but I feel like the way Barstool works, they might tell me like an hour before they leave Saturday morning. For <laughs> I, You just don't really know. But uh, they are going to be there, and I think uh, I'm going to try to get Lane for some Barstool stuff next week. So, uh, excited about that. Thank you so much, as always, for having me. And I'm about to go ahead to the Rio and fire some more poker. All right, my man. Good luck to you. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. That was Ben Mintz. With uh, Barstool Sports, you'll uh, see. I'll play that interview again at the tail end of uh, the MPW Digital pregame show, which will be up either late tonight or early tomorrow, one or the other. Uh, we'll have a soft verbal podcast later today. That's brought to you by the College Corner. It's one stop rebel shop, two locations in the Jackson area and Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and uh, Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. You can also go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or home gating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day with the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. We'll also have a mind on my money uh, later today as well. That's brought to you by Pinnacle. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, wealth.com. Pinnacle will sit down with you, listen to your goals, study your expenses, and put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. Again, mypinwealth.com. Uh if you want to go to Vegas, go see the World Series of Poker or plan a Christmas trip or something for next year, get in touch with John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. John's part of Virtuoso, worldwide network of travel partners that allows him to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits, simply not available to other travelers. Just get in touch with John, tell him what you're planning, what you're thinking about. He'll give you uh, he'll give you tons of options that creates a special trip. That's a lifetime of unique memories. 901-494-3387 or send him an email, jedwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off the first book trip 
just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. And we're brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Podcast also brought to you by Johnston Hill Creamery. If you hurry today, really even into tomorrow morning, you can get uh, some catering right there to your spot in the Grove or your tailgating there on campus. Johnston Hill Creamery, located just off Molly Bar. Head in and see all the different options they have. Obviously, uh, charcuterie trays, artisanal cheese trays, plenty of desserts and sandwiches, everything from uh, buttermilk hand pies to blackberry cheesecake bars and much more spicy feta dip, cheesecake dip, pepper jelly, spiced honey, whatever you would like, you can get that there at Johnston Hill Creamery. Again, you can email cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com or give them a call at 662-419-9201 and reserve whatever needs to be delivered right to you there on game day or any day with Johnston Hill Creamery. Podcast also brought to you by G&M Pharmacy and Tyson Drugs. Tyson Drugs on the Square in Holly Springs, G&M on South Lamar in Oxford, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area. You don't even have to head in, but if you do, they offer MedSync to fill your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you, whether it's one trip to the pharmacy or one delivery. You have what you need when you need it there with G&M. So, again, it's on South Lamar, 662-236-2222. Now, uh, Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, the next segment here on the podcast. We'll go to him now on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. My old colleague in Mobile, uh, Tom Murphy, covers Arkansas, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Been there for, how long have you been there, Tom? About, about as long as I've been here, right? 15, 16, 17 years? I think so. I started here in 2007, which was Houston Nuts' final season, and then led into the drama that became Bobby Petrino and so on. You got Houston Nuts' final season. I got his first season here. So, uh, yeah, we probably, could, we probably could tell some Houston Nuts stories. <laughs> I don't know. He, he might still like you. I don't know. He, I don't think he likes me much. Although by the end, I don't think it mattered. Actually, the, the final little interaction we had, I think it, I think it was begrudging respect on his part that I was just. I think he realized I was just doing my job, asking questions. Yeah. Well, Houston's really good to us. Anytime we do need to do a historical story or whatever from his ten years here, he's always returns the call. And um, there's a couple times he got frustrated with me, but there's a lot more open um, uh, interviewing and access back then. Boy, isn't it the truth? I mean, you think about that, and we won't spend much time on this, but when Houston Nutt was at Ole Miss, Tom, we would get, we got him on Monday for his press conference, got him on Tuesday after practice, Wednesday after practice, Thursday after practice, obviously Saturday after games, and a couple of years, he had a little Sunday afternoon teleconference. You'd get to Thursday, you'd look at him, and it'd be like, so, um, what's your favorite color? <laughs> you know, it was just, there was nothing to ask. And, and now it's just a totally different world in terms of uh, what you're able to ascertain and get. And it's a totally different reporting world. I think our jobs are completely different. It's just kind of fascinating how it changes. It really is. Um, Let's talk about Arkansas. I'm off to a four and one start. Uh, if I told you that they'd be four and one, ranked thirteenth in the country, heading to Oxford first weekend in October, would you have bought it? Uh, if I'm Sam Pittman, I think I would have, or an Arkansas fan, and I would have said that they would lose at Georgia, and that somehow or the other they would have knocked off the nine year streak against Texas A&M, and would have beaten Texas. But not only did they win those games, but they physically dominated Texas and ran for 333 yards. And so 
you know, our, Sam had some like signature type wins last year, including Ole Miss. But this Texas game was like the next chapter of okay, this is this is the direction they're going. And then AM, I mean, Mississippi State beat them last week. So, you know, they have some issues I and mean, it's still very potent with Spiller and the run game and A chain. But Arkansas just kind of did the same, just, you know, kind of physically hung in there against those guys and uh, could have had a bigger lead too. But, you know, it's uh, the Georgia game. I'm not going to call it an outlier. I mean, they got physically whipped by Georgia. And so I think it's an eye opener for Sam in like, okay, here's the standard we have to get to. And here's where we are. We got a big gap to make up. I'm curious here. You covered Alabama for a long time. You've covered Arkansas for a long time. You've seen this league as long as I have, if not longer. Where does that Georgia defense rank among great defenses that you, that you've seen? Oh, they're they are very good. They're so fast and uh, just instinctive. The linebackers were in on everything. The defensive linemen are all very agile, um, and they put pressure on Arkansas kind of on every snap. And uh, the DBs are also good, and they're pretty sure tacklers as well. Um, I kind of went into last week thinking, well, they haven't seen a, a real top-notch offense yet. And now it turns out that South Carolina's 13 points might be the standard to, to try to, to beat with those guys. I mean, they've got some tough games coming down the road. And Arkansas just um, didn't hang in the trenches with them. They had a couple of big plays. They, they had 101 yards worth of penalties in that game. So they just uh, – just from the start of the game, two false starts on their first offensive possession and just – the crowd took them out, and honestly, I felt like there would be some of that in the opener, in their in their road opener, but not to that extent. So now it makes me wonder if they're still going to have issues against Ole Miss on Saturday. So let's talk about the Arkansas offense because I've watched them a good bit this year, and um, like you said, they they want to run the football, and and there's a, you know, a knock on Jefferson that he's this one dimensional quarterback, and and oftentimes. He seems to be that, but he's made some throws. He didn't have any success against Georgia. How much of that was just because of how talented Georgia is, the way that the game set up, and then how much of it might have to do with the fact that, that Jefferson might still be feeling that hit that he took against Texas A&M in the early part of the third quarter? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, they probably they, – they did not want to run him as much last week, but yet he still had a – he had a 14-yard run and he had a 31-yarder that was called back with some holding downfield. But – um, he's still developing as a passer. The, the Missouri game last year, he was dropping balls in, deep balls to Burks and the, the other receivers, and he just hasn't done that as much this season. The Georgia Southern game, he had a 60-yarder to Warren Thompson, the Florida State transfer. But there hasn't been uh, a, a large uh, level of consistency on the, the deep passes yet. Uh, so he's, he's a very much a dual threat. He reads and he he can give to the back, and they've had some real they had really good success at um, cutting back, uh, going the opposite side of the ball, uh, opposite side of the flow against Texas, and he, uh, KJ keeps the ball and has gotten he's gotten a probably a dozen or more ten yard runs this year or close to it, and. Traylon Burks has been the only real dangerous receiver. Tyson Morse has caught some deep balls as well, but they're still trying to fill out the receiver core with guys like Davion Warren, who had a big season last year before he was hurt. 
and still waiting for some other guys to rise up. You know, so much was made last year in the Ole Miss-Arkansas um, game there in Fayetteville when Matt Corral threw the six interceptions and, and Arkansas dropped eight. All the Ole Miss guys will tell you it was the first time they'd seen that and they did not adjust to it. And Barry Odom had a great plan. Everyone's kind of done that to Ole Miss since then with lesser degrees of success, certainly. Do you anticipate on Saturday that it's kind of more of the same from Barry Odom, or do you think he mixes it up a little bit? I mean, and then just kind of, you know, I look at this Arkansas team, and you see Catalan on the back end, who I think is as good a safety as there is in the league, and uh, Williams on the edge is, is a guy that uh, Ole Miss has talked a lot about this week. He has bothered just about everybody that he played, including Georgia, frankly. And then they've got those linebackers that have been there forever, Poole and, and Morgan and those guys. When you look at just the matchup defense to offense and the strategy involved going against Matt Corral a second time, what do you sort of anticipate? Well, you'd be silly if you didn't do the drop eight some because it was so successful. But Sam Pittman said on Monday they've got to have other things they're going to do. Um, I'm sure – I think back to what Matt Corral said at SEC Media Days, which was if you go back and look at it on film, there were, there were guys open, but he just wasn't – he, he hadn't seen the scheme, so what he was looking at and what he should have been looking at were kind of different things. And so he'll be, he'll be more in the flow of, all right, that's not open. I'm going to look over here. And it could be check downs. I mean, it could be tied in. I'm not sure where he'll be needing to look, uh, but there will be some pockets. And he has to just be patient. K.J. Costello last year struggled against the same look, and he, and he wasn't patient. He took chances, and they picked – Mississippi State three times. So I'm sure uh, Lane Kiffin is sharp enough guy and, and Levy and Corral to put something together that will compete against the, the drop eight, the umbrella coverages, and then anything that uh, any adjustments Arkansas might have. But they've been much better at kind of getting teams out of the run game, except for Georgia, this season. Really did a good job against Texas with a great game plan. So uh, I think that's probably the most fascinating part of this game to me is how Arkansas plays defense and what Ole Miss's answers are. Yeah, I do too, because I think Ole Miss is a completely different kind of offense. We're starting to see that. And, you know, it's funny. It's, it's, you, you watch Arkansas and Georgia, and you have to be careful not to try to take too much of that too much away from that because Georgia's so talented. And it's the same way with Alabama with Ole Miss. It's 35-7 to 7, midway through the third quarter, and you go, oh, boy, Ole Miss might not be anything resembling what we kind of thought they would be, and that's certainly possible. And it's also possible that it's just Alabama's that good, you know, that you have to be, you have to be careful that you, you don't draw too many conclusions. I'm curious to see uh, whether, you know, last year so much of Ole Miss's offense was built around Kenny Yaboa and, and obviously Elijah Moore, and they're both gone. And while they, they have weapons, Dontario Drummond and Braylon Sanders, they, they've lost Mingo, I, I suspect, for the season. Lane Kiffin doesn't talk about injuries, but he's not playing Saturday. And, um, you know, they, they don't have that that one receiver on the field that Elijah Moore was a year ago that, that you saw defenses trying to account for throughout the game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see whether the Ole Miss can protect enough to give Corral time to go through his progressions. He had no time in Tuscaloosa. And uh, if Arkansas can put pressure with their front three, it's going to be a, a, a complicated game for Corral. I, I don't know, Neil. I just think that based on the composure he showed last week, I see that what Arkansas does is not, you know, I don't think it's going to shake him off of his game much, even if he throws a pick or two. And by the way, he's got a nice streak of 180 
of passes without an interception going right now. And that's, yeah, yeah, that stands for something. And, and the way he performed against – you heard Lane Kiffin say it this week. How he played against Alabama was not not that bad. So uh, I know this game's going to mean a lot to him. And so I think we're going to see Matt Corral's best and, and the Razorbacks better show up. I also think he's going to be complimented by a run game that – that Ely had 100 yards on Arkansas last year. The run game was very productive on Arkansas last year. They just had seven turnovers, and they lost the ball on the one-yard line to start both halves. Their first drives went to the one. I mean, you take away just a few of those things, and it's a different score. Yeah, completely. Do you anticipate Arkansas trying to kind of emulate a little bit of what Alabama did last week with just running the football with, with you know, uh, Robinson and – I think he ran for 172, 173, whatever it was, four touchdowns. I mean, they, they were able to really get chunks when they needed it against an Ole Miss defense that wants to play five and six defensive backs on the field. Yeah, and it's the same quandary Arkansas had last week. Really couldn't slow the Georgia run game. So I do believe if Arkansas can get away with it, they'll, they'll stay on the ground. And, and that's what they did uh, against Texas. Um, and – if, if they can move the chains doing that and control the ball, and that's the kind of thing that sometimes can frustrate these up-tempo teams. And so they've been able to play tempo football this year on offense, and they've been able to kill the clock on, on a couple of games, Texas and, and A&M included, that has been actually kind of impressive. And I love their selection of running back. Traylon Smith is a great top running back, and Rocket Sanders is really coming on as the, as the backup. And they got A.J. Green, who got the touchdown against A&M, and, and Dominic Johnson, who scored rushing touchdowns the first three games. So if they can get moving up front and get the running game in gear, I fully expect them. They wouldn't care if the game's, you know, 24 to 20, something like that. They, they don't care. Sam Pittman's starting to get some attention from the media and that kind of thing. They're, they're obviously ranked. People talked about them. They were in Arkansas and in, in Georgia last week for game day and all of that stuff. What's his uh, What's his kind of ceiling? What's that? How do you sort of see the the trajectory of that program? Not necessarily this game Saturday, but where the program is going. Well, what I think is neat about it is there really isn't a blueprint for a guy. Think think back, Neil. When's the last time you saw a career assistant, twenty something years, gets and he's an offensive line coach, gets his chance, and it's just really really been remarkable that they went from nineteen or twenty consecutive SEC losses. To now being respectable, I mean, to be for them to be, have been in the top ten last week, you, you almost shake your head and go, "How, yeah. how do they do this?" So he wants to retire here. I'm sure he's going to get a t- tidy raise after the season. I think if he's able to retain Barry Odom and Kendall Bryles, those guys will get raises. You know, you want to finish the f- season winning some more games, but what they've done this year to me um, commands a raise, and he's got a. A retirement place down in Hot Springs. He loves the state. I mean, he he doesn't have to buy a meal <laughs> anywhere he goes in the state. So uh, he's just he's fun to cover. He's pretty open and honest. At the way he described what happened to them at Georgia last week, I just find it refreshing that you know we weren't ready for the prime time. We were not ready for that grand of a stage. He just admitted it. Yeah, and sometimes you got to experience that, you know, before you can you you can make the next step and, and the next time you play in one of those games. It's kind of like the NBA thing. It was back in the day, the NBA team had to you had to experience failure on the big stage before you could experience success. I mean, even Jordan, you know, failed in the 
piston stuff before they finally overcame that and beat the Lakers and won a title and you know the rest of that. Um, speaking of professional sports and titles, your, your Braves, can they, can they get it done? Tom's a lifelong Braves fan, loves loves the Atlanta Braves. But can, can they get it done this year? Man, I, I, and there's too many good teams in front of them. Like the Giants and Dodgers, they're going to be tough. Whoever comes out, I mean, if if the if the Dodgers can get past the Cardinals tonight, um, uh, you know, Neil, I heard the other day that since the divisions were split up, and I guess it was sixty nine, that the Braves twenty three division titles are the mo- more than uh, two more than the Dodgers and Yankees. And when you think about long term and what franchises have done, I mean, that that's a wonderful feeling. But when you only have one World Series title, it's the same as your Cubs, Neil, in the same <laughs> amount of time. And you don't have 23 division no, top. No, we do not have 23. You have like, what, seven, maybe six, seven? <laughs> it's, uh, yes. it, it's hard to – man, what you realize after your team wins a World Series and then they struggle and struggle and fall off is how freaking hard it is to win a World Series and you go, thank God we won the one, right? I mean – Yeah, that's right. You yeah. It would just be it would just be so frustrating. I mean, I go back yeah. sometimes and, and – uh, <laughs> we were Carson, my son, was in the car with me the day we were listening to um, a Giants game or something, and he said, "Man, the Giants almost beat us in 2016, didn't they?" And I was like, "Yeah, it kind of got close there for a minute." And then you think, you almost have like an angina attack, and you think, "Had that happened, you know what? Where would it have gone from there?" I mean, I mean it would just yeah. it would be devastating. Um, all right, uh, what's kind of your what's kind of your thought Saturday? I don't know if you if you are allowed to pick or tell you who you think is going to win. How do you sort of see this game shaking out? I'll, I'll answer that. But um, you know, with the Braves, we we had our chances with the Dodgers last year, three games to one. We should have won it. And I will tell you, when you're a Falcons fan too, <laughs> the way they lost that Super Bowl, yeah. I don't know. No, no team has ever lost one like that. You don't ever get over it. And as a Falcons fan, you also don't think that you can ever get back to the Super Bowl again because it's so hard to do. And um, to have blown a lead 28-3 to is, is just crushing. Uh, they might not ever win a, a Super Bowl. but It was the Cubs in 03. I mean, when they, they had that 3-1 to lead over the Marlins and then um, blew it. And then the whole Bartman thing and then the, the – the double play ground ball, and then they they had a lead in Game Seven, and I, I think I got over it in 2016 when they won the World Series. But sometimes that'll still come up, and I'll look at it, and I still feel something. I mean, it's when you, you know, when it's close like that, I'd rather just get mauled. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather lose the baseball equivalent of 37 to nothing or 42 to 21 than I would lose like that. I, that's yeah. that's brutal. Yeah, I, I have not put a lot of thought, actually, to how I think the game's going to play out or who's going to win it. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a close game. And I think because of the nature of these two programs, I think some kind of great drama is in store for us on Saturday. As you think back to all the freakish endings, uh, home games and away games for both of these, they, they put up some titanic games. And I'm not going to rub any salt in any wounds, but Arkansas has won some games over there in recent years. I just think Ole Miss is really, really pointed to this game. So I think, what is it, a four-and-a-half-point spread? That, that sounds about right to me. Yeah, I've actually got it at six as a city look at oh, it. Oh, it's moved up. Yeah. Okay, well, that sounds about right to me. I think they put a lot into this game. They're, they're planning and, you know, their emotional investment. 
I think it's going to be hard for Arkansas to overcome that. Uh, the way they do it is to establish the run and, and maybe do like they did against Texas and just kind of control the game with their running attack. So I just think it's going to be a great game. Tom, always thanks for the time. Really good catching up with you, my man. Sounds good, Neil. Thanks. Talk to you soon. All right. That was Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Kind of spend some time with us. Uh, we had picks earlier in the show. Picks at rebelgrove.com are brought to you by Service Specialist with offices in Ridgeland, Canton, Jackson, and Oxford. Service Specialist has been contacting, connecting con- candidates and employers since 1967. As the oldest staffing company in Mississippi, whether you're a new college grad or a seasoned professional, whether you're in engineering, dentistry, accounting, law, manufacturing, you should contact Service Specialist. If you're a recent grad without much experience, you should absolutely reach out to them. They're always looking for candidates that have potential and want to learn and get their foot in the door with growth opportunities. Mississippi's a small state. Service Specialist always knows about jobs that never get advertised. Uh, Prospective employers, you should be uh, getting in touch with them, too, because uh, if you're looking to hire quality talent for your company, Service Specialist always has names and resumes ready for your perusal. 662-832-5138 or Service Specialist ltd.com alpha specialties is at 1670 highway 80 in pearl mississippi it's your trailer specific professional if you want to haul it they can call it at alpha they've got the um, load trail trailers the hallmark cargo trailers they can work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built just for you uh, they've got spare tires and wheels a full selection of trailer parts and accessories a uh, full yearly trailer service and inspection shop a full service shop where they can repair all types of trailers as well 601-932-9798 or check them out at alphaofms.com. The uh, new Collegiate Collection is in at The Rogue. Some really cool items. You saw Chance Campbell wearing one of those um, earlier this week at uh, rebelgrove.com and MPW Digital. All of that's at The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, so many more other brands there at The Rogue. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com, and we're brought to you by Joey Erickson, Heron Gear, Autoplex. Let Joey help you find the vehicle you're looking for at a price you can afford. Choose from a full selection of new Chevy, BMW, Lexus, and Infiniti, or get a great deal on numerous brands of reliable pre-owned vehicles. 662-571-2367 or 1685 High Street in Jackson. So appreciate Ben Mintz, appreciate Tom Murphy today on the uh, show, and obviously Neil Spicks, it's up on rebelgrove.com. So back tonight around 7 o'clock for hand raise guys, and then obviously the pregame show sometime in the next 24 hours or so. So heading into Ole Miss and Arkansas, 11 o'clock Saturday from Bald Hemingway Stadium. Hope all you guys uh, hang out with us tonight. We'll talk to you again very soon. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.